0: Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Peringer. Tonight I want to continue our study. On the back of the prayer sheet there should be another uh, piece of paper attached. And uh, I've been studying creeds and confessions uh, from church history that help summarize what the Bible says about some very important topics. Very important topics that guide us so not only that we know the right theology, but that we live out uh, the right uh, theology. Theology isn't just something to kind of stuff our heads with and, you know, make our, our brains a hard drive and store that information there, but it's to be lived out. Well, I guess if you want to use a computer analogy, it's a program that doesn't just sit on the hard drive, but it's a program that can be run and worked out, okay, I might be going a little too far with that analogy. But that's the importance of knowing Scripture. That is the importance of knowing what it is that you believe. And we want to continue looking at sections about Scripture. You know, think about it. If you've ever worked at a job that might... Be part of a bigger corporation or a franchise or something like that. They have these manuals that you you know have to sign. Yeah, I read the manual. Whether you do or really not, you know you still sign it, right? Or you put it, click on the computer. Yeah, yeah, I read all that. But you know the manuals are there. The policies and procedures are there to guide how the workplace is supposed to be run. And if there's any sort of controversy or if there's anything that uh, is questionable. Well, let's go back to the policies and procedures. Let's go back to the manual, because that has been given the authority by that company to make the decisions for us. Well, is there such a manual for life? Is there something authoritative that tells us how to live, that gives us direction, that helps us make decisions? Well, obviously we know that God is the ultimate authority. Has he given his authority to anything for us so that we know how to live and we know how to practice our faith. We know what the faith is. Well, obviously, you know, we we say that we believe we do have an authority and God has given that authority to his word. It's it God didn't just give us the word and he didn't just reveal himself, but he has endowed, I guess would be the word, this word with uh with, with an authority that tells us how to live. The first chapters of the Westminster Confession and the, the London Baptist Confession, they talk about this authority. They talk about what it is we believe about Scripture. Scripture is that authority. Why though? Why is Scripture that authority? Why do we believe that? The Confession summarize that for us in paragraph four of the chapter. So all these confessions are broken up into chapters, and then each chapter is broken up into paragraphs. And so, you know, you, if you see something like 1.4, that means chapter 1, paragraph 4, is what, how the confessions have been broken up. Now, in the London Baptist Confession, chapter 1, paragraph 4, this is what it says. The authority of the Holy Scriptures obligates belief in them. This authority does not depend on the testimony of any person or the church, but on God, the author alone, who is truth itself. Therefore, the scriptures are to be received because they are the word of God. Now, to summarize all the paragraphs that have come before this, scripture, as is found in the 66 books in the Bible, what we call the Bible, not the Apocrypha, not the added stuff, but just the 66 books of the Old Testament and New Testament, they are the standard, they are the rule that have been given to us by inspiration of God. They then have authority for the lives of all humanity. Because they have been given this divine authority, then all of humanity is obligated to believe them and place themselves under that authority. If God has given his authority To his word, all of humanity is obligated to place themselves under that authority. As theologian B.B. Warfield summarized it, because it is inspired, scripture is the word of God. And because it is the word of God, it exercises lawful authority over the thoughts and acts of men. This authority belongs to, to the Word of God not because men have said so not because the church says so scripture has authority because God said so this is the plain teaching of Scripture itself Scripture never says just believe in me just because but God has endowed it with that for example in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. It says, Above all, you do well if you recognize this. No prophecy of Scripture ever comes about by the prophet's own imagination. For no prophecy was ever born of human impulse. Rather, men carried along by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. It's authority from God, not from men. Men didn't write this, just on their own accord. They were inspired, they were moved, carried along by the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Every scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness that the person dedicated to God, that the worker of God may be capable and equipped for every good work, that the servant of God, would be equipped for every good work it's been inspired it's God breathed as some of the translations says first Thessalonians 2 13 says and so we too constantly thank God that when you received God's message that you heard from us you accepted it not as a human message but as it truly is God's message which is at work among you who believe scripture isn't just Another book written by men. You don't put scripture next to other books written by men, be it a fiction book or a non-fiction book. This is God's message. First John 5, 9. If we accept the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. Because this is the testimony of God that he has testified concerning his son. This is not just a testimony of man. It's not just telling you about things that happened in history coming from a man. This is God's testimony testimony about His redemptive work throughout history from the day He created everything, from the day that mankind fell into sin, and then what God did about that, the plan He already had in place throughout all of eternity. Scripture did not come from man, by the will of man. It is the message of God that came by the will of God. We recognize that God, through his Spirit, inspired Scripture. Yes, humans did write these things down. But they were moved, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write down what is recorded for us. We believe in the verbal, plenary inspiration of Scripture. What in the world does that mean? It means that God moved and inspired these men to write down everything he wanted written down to the last word, to the last iota, script, dot, everything. Every word in here was what God wanted. He inspired every word. We don't believe necessarily that he dictated it, like, okay, Jeremiah, write this down. Although he did do, you do see that some, sometimes within the Bible itself. God says, hey, write this down. But other times, they are just moved, and it's wonderful. God uses the personality of the author to write down exactly what he wants written down. That's a miracle of God. Why is this so important? This is important because you have some, like the Roman Catholic Church, that tries to argue that since. They claim that they formed the Bible. They claim that they determined its final form. And because they did that, they think that, well, we're the ones that determined what the Bible is, and so we can add our other traditions as well. Because that's our prerogative, that's our authority. And so they are trying to put church authority over scriptural authority. But they did not form the Bible. The church leaders merely recognized what it is, that God inspired. The Bible was not formed by the church. The Bible was not formed by mere mortals. It was inspired by God, and therefore carries the authority of God. And so if we would say, you know, the Bible says, and then we might say, well, God says, we're saying the same exact thing. The Bible is God's word and God speaks authoritatively through it. And because God is the author of scripture, it has authority over all people. You know, the authority of the Bible is not dependent upon mankind giving their okay. The authority of the Bible is not dependent upon whether or not Humanity rejects it or accepts it. It doesn't matter what humanity thinks. God is the one that put his authority into it. You know, if the world decided, you know what, entire world, let's take a vote. Is the Bible just a human book or is the Bible God's word? And so the world took a vote. And 99% of the world said, eh, the Bible's just a human book. Actually, probably 99% of the world would say that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change a thing. Mankind cannot add to or take away from Scripture. God is the one that has put together Scripture. God is the one that inspired Scripture. This is God's Word, and God put His authority into that Scripture. And because of that fact, people are obliged And obligated to believe that believe the word and live according to the word. Well, I don't believe that. You know, someone says I don't believe that that the Bible is the word of God. Well, it doesn't matter. You're still obligated. I mean, are you going to face God after you die and say, "Well, you know, I just didn't believe it was your word"? You think that's going to like get get you past or something? Going to get you by? God's going to say, Sorry, I told you it was my word. I told you it was authoritative. I told you through it the means of salvation because the word points to Jesus Christ and the necessity to believe in him. You're the one that has to believe. And just because you rejected the word doesn't change the fact that it's authoritative. But not only, you know, we think about that and we think about unbelievers, but we ought to think about this as believers, because we can't merely call ourselves Christians and then live however we want to. If we say we are Christians, then we ought to know what our authority is. We ought to know what guides us in life, because the authority of Scripture does not stop with the gospel. Now that's where you start. You start by believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I mean, that's, you need to start there, but it doesn't stop there. Because the word of God is authoritative on how we live after we believe in Jesus Christ. We don't say, okay, I'm gonna believe in Jesus Christ. I walked down an aisle, I got baptized. All right, I'm gonna go live how I want. I don't have any other authority over me. I'm just, I'm my own authority. That's not how it works. Scripture is your authority. This provides the truth you need for life. And so actually live by it. Conform yourself to it. So yeah, we say, all right, the Bible is the authority. How do we know? How do we know that the Bible is the inspired authority? authoritative Word of God. Well, that's what the next paragraph, paragraph 5, is all about. And I know on your sheet you got to flip back over to the front page because formatting issues, I couldn't get it all split up the way I wanted, but anyway. This is what paragraph 5 says of the confession. The testimony of the church of God may stir and persuade us to adopt a high and reverent respect for the Holy Scriptures, Moreover, the heavenliness of the contents, the power of the system of truth, the majesty of the style, the harmony of all the parts, the central focus on giving all glory to God, the full revelation of the only way of salvation and many other incomparable qualities and complete perfections all provide abundant evidence that the scriptures are the word of God. Even so, our full persuasion and assurance of the infallible truth and divine authority of the Scriptures comes from the internal work of the Holy Spirit, bearing witness by and with the Word in our hearts. So this paragraph first recognizes that the church might give its arguments about why Scripture is the Word of God and why it's authoritative. We we might give arguments, we might give proofs, we might give testimonies, You know, we might give apologetics, you know, that's my thing, my bread and butter. You know, we might have our reasonable arguments about why Scripture is the word of God and is authoritative. You know, at first it might talk about some external arguments about why Scripture is true and why it is divine. External evidences might include, okay, there's supporting evidence from other Christian writings. It might include, well, you know, there's non-Christian historical writings that reference the events of scripture and reference scripture and reference Christ and things like that. Historians, political politicians and and things like that, they write about this. They are a proof. External evidence might include findings in archaeology that confirm what the Bible says. For example, in the 1970s, they found the judgment seat of Pilate. In John 1913, This judgment seat is called the Stone Pavement, and they found it in the 1970s. There has not been one archaeological find that contradicts the Bible. Not one. And you know what? There never will be. But there has been a lot that has confirmed what Scripture has said. So there's lots of external evidence. To consider that the Bible is historically accurate, and it is. That might persuade people that the Bible is divine, but the majority of people will not be persuaded by arguments. When a person's heart is har- heart is hardened by sin, they're going to be blinded to evidence that you give. And, you know, I'm talking to someone who's studied apologetics. You know, we we, we can undercut their arguments and we can give positive proofs about the Bible and Scripture and Christ and the like, but that just is getting some things out of the way. They need to hear the gospel and their hearts need to be changed by the gospel. That's when they will truly believe and when they will truly be uh, changed. And so, you know, the first point of the paragraph is that the testimony of the church and the external evidence, it's not sufficient. I mean, it's there but it's not sufficient. And then the paragraph uh, dives kind of heavily into what we might call the internal evidences of scriptures, truthfulness. How the Bible bears witness to itself. It talks about the heavenly content. You know the Bible? The Bible tells us true things about the earth so we can rely upon it to tell us true things about heaven and the spiritual things like that. The paragraph mentions the power of the system of truth. You know, the Bible doesn't just tell us truth. It tells us truth with power. It tells us truth with power. The Bible has power, as the Word of God, as the authoritative Word of God, the Bible has power to change lives. That's how I was saved. Because of Scripture, the power of the Word of God. That's why Paul says in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the Gospel, for it is God's power for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Hebrews 4.12 tells us the Word of God is living and active, powerful. And sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing even to the point of dividing soul from spirit and joint from marrow. It's able to judge the desires and thoughts of the heart. That's the power of the word. The paragraph talks about the majesty of style. Even though the the Bible was written in the common language of the day, for the common people, it still tells us many marvelous things in marvelous ways. You know, it's, it's, it's beautiful. The Bible is beautiful in form. The paragraph mentions the harmony of all the parts of the Bible. The Bible is consistent within itself. There's no contradiction in Scripture anywhere. And you will hear many of the opponents of Christianity say, I don't believe that stuff. There's all the contradictions that are in the Bible. All you got to do is say, okay, name one. Well... You know, there isn't any. And if they, if they do come up with something, you know, within the historical, cultural, liter- literary context, there's an explanation. There's no contradiction. There, there is none. This is, you know, and it's amazing that there's no contradiction considering the varieties of human personalities of the human authors. I mean, the time span that it was written in, about 1,500 years, The different kinds of literature, you know, historical law, poetry, things like that. And the whole thing remains internally harmonious. It doesn't fall apart. There is nowhere where the Bible falls apart. That right there shows divine origin. The paragraph points out that the central focus of the Bible is to give all glory to God, meaning it has a higher purpose. It has the highest purpose possible. The paragraph says that the Bible gives the full revelation of the only way of salvation. The Bible is our, the lamp under our feet and the light under our path that guides humanity to salvation in Jesus Christ alone. And on top of all that, you know, it says there are these other incomparable qualities and perfections and, and things like that. So, so there's external evidence, there's internal evidence that points to Scripture being exactly what we claim it to be. And yet this, this confession says that Is not enough what gives us the sure testimony of the inspiration of Scripture and the truthfulness of Scripture and the authority of Scripture is the internal witness that we receive from the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit indwelling the believer testifying to the heart of the believer this is the word this is your authority this points you to the way of life the Holy Spirit bears witness to us about the truthfulness of the Word. So here's the thing. If somebody says that they are a Christian, but they deny that the Bible is inspired, truthful, authoritative, they deny it's the Word of God, then they're not a Christian because they don't have the Holy Spirit in them, because if they had the Holy Spirit in them, the Holy Spirit would bear internal witness that this is God's authoritative scripture. And there's a few verses we can rely upon here. John 16, verses 13 through 14. Jesus said to his disciples, "'When the Spirit of truth comes, "'he will guide you into all truth, "'for he will not speak on his own authority, "'but will speak whatever he hears, "'and will tell you what is to come.' He will glorify me because he will receive from me what is mine and will tell it to you. The Spirit's going to guide you to the truth of what Scripture is. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 10 through 12. God has revealed these things to us by the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the things of a man except the man's spirit within him? So too no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things that are freely given to us by God. God's Holy Spirit reveals these things to us. God's Holy Spirit bears witness that this is the authoritative word of God. So to kind of summarize these two paragraphs, I'll refer to what one author wrote. He said, we must believe and act on the word of God. Number one, because God possesses all authority. Number two, because the word of God proves itself to be from God, commending itself to our consciences with remarkable evidences. And three, because there is a living, internal, personal witness in our own heart as we prayerfully commune with God through written scripture. That witness is given by the Holy Spirit. And so we want to pray that the Holy Spirit would break through the unbelief of those who refused about the needs of Jesus Christ. We want to pray, I guess, as, as Ezekiel talked about in his prophecy inspired by God, that the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, would get rid of the heart of stone within people and give them a heart of flesh. So that they see and hear and understand the gospel of Jesus Christ and they believe. But we also want to pray for the same softness of heart for believers. Because let's face it, even believers can be stubborn. Even believers can decide, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing. Even believers can sometimes say, you know what, I'm my own authority. And I'm just going to do what I want. We want to pray that we would be moved and led by the Word through the witness of the Holy Spirit to place ourselves under the authority of Scripture and allow God, who is the ultimate authority, to use His Word to guide us. And that we would conform ourselves by the Holy Spirit to what it, to what it says here. That we would live in holiness, that we would live in righteousness and advance the glory of God. That's scripture. This is our authority. If scripture says something is wrong, then guess what? It's wrong. If scripture says something is right, guess what? It's right. And scripture warns us, woe to you who call good evil and call evil good. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry on Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at KidsQuest_HBC. underscore HBC. Our student ministries on Facebook